Welcome back to the show. Well, today's city council unanimously approved the removal of parking minimum requirements for new developments in the West and in Broadway plan area. It's effective January 1st. Historically, new developments have been required to provide a set number of parking spaces to prevent parking spillover onto adjacent streets, but uh, those parking minimum requirements have been taken away. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, the parking issue is Sarah Kirby-Young, is ABC Vancouver City Councilor. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Now, in advance, you're talking to a suburbanite who uh, drives in every single day. So <laughs> I will put, I will give you my biases right up from the start. But uh, sort of why did you decide to move forward uh, with this particular issue in the West End and the Broadway plan area? Well, I, I hear you. And, uh, you know, I also drive and I take transit uh, as well. And I think, uh, you know, a number of us have grown up where you wanted to go get your driver's license at, um, sort of when you were 16 on the first day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're seeing generational changes. But... What we did today, I think, is is really a thoughtful, measured approach. It's in response to an option I brought forward two years ago called Open Option Parking. Uh, and it's twofold because it uh, supports delivering more housing. And so it's got an economic benefit, and it also is good for the environment. Um, we're doing this thoughtfully. Uh, we had already eliminated parking minimums in the main part of the downtown area. And now we're extending it into West End and Broadway plan that are really well served by transit. And we have really good on-street traffic management as well. So when you say eliminating parking minimums, uh, is there still a certain requirement for parking, though? Yeah, so this is, what we're talking about is general purpose parking. Uh, so it doesn't affect things like visitor spots, accessibility, um, servicing, uh, car share, that kind of thing. So it still provides for those provisions. Um, but what it does do is not artificially require somebody to put in parking if they don't need it. So we've had projects come to council, uh, rental projects, for example, where I've heard from proponents that they have built um, a project near a major transit station. Uh, They have put in the minimum parking and it has sat empty um, because their renters are simply not using it. Um, They have other projects that may be further away from major transit um, and they have had use of the parking. So this allows the market to decide that as opposed to artificially saying you have to potentially put in um, parking stalls that cost sixty to eighty thousand dollars. They add time to the cost of the project. You have to dig down. Uh, mm-hmm. Twelve to twenty percent of GHGs and embodied carbon emissions come from parking. And so, what we're saying is, uh, let's give people the opportunity to put in what is actually needed, as opposed to requiring an artificial amount. If let's just say, you know, forty percent. I'm picking a number out of the year. Forty percent of uh, residents drive a vehicle in, in in the city, and I'm just and, and it's, I'm sure it's much higher than that. But let's just say forty percent. We're adding another mm-hmm. million people to the region. Forty percent of another million is still more cars on the road, more people requiring parking. Um, would you not need more parking still? If we're adding another million people, and those are the numbers from Metro Vancouver to the region by 2050, we're still going to have more people in vehicles overall just because of the growth of numbers. Wouldn't we want to keep some of those parking spots for ease of just moving goods and services and people? Well, again, I think this is really um, about putting in what the market will bear as opposed to requiring that. So I'll give you an example. There's some housing projects that can't move forward. I, I think the one on West Forest, somebody wanted to build one on a small site because it's just physically the soils aren't good. Uh, it's a small, narrow, irregular lot. It you know doesn't make sense. It's not cost-effective in order to drill down. And so we can bring some of those housing projects forward there. And, and again, as I said, demographics are changing. We're seeing a lot of uh, younger people now who are simply doing car share or they're not even getting their license they're not electing to drive so nobody's saying that driving is going away um but we're saying let's level set the amount of parking that we're actually putting in and if you look at the downtown example as i said where it had been eliminated um, what we saw with developers is that 
the, there's one market rental project where uh, they would have been required to put in 83 spots. Think of the cost of that at 60 to $80,000, and they let you to put in zero. Um, and that building was fully subscribed. People wanted to live there. It was near major transit. That's yeah. not for everybody. Strata projects still have the ability, if people have a car, to put in some of that parking, but we just don't need to build as much. And, and cl- clarifier for the audience and myself, the new housing legislation that's come in from the province, that, that also takes away parking minimums, does it not? Yeah, it, uh, it is going exactly in the same direction that Vancouver is going. And I asked that question of staff today is how is the provincial legislation going to impact this report we're discussing today? Um, and I think we're very aligned with the province. In fact, I think um, Vancouver is going to be a bit ahead of the game in terms of where the province is starting. Um, so this is, this is a progressive, thoughtful approach. We're not suggesting blanketing the city in this. We're suggesting doing this progressively in different neighborhoods as we densify and as we can also manage the on-street parking so that we make sure that we're not creating challenges and issues. Um, but we are getting some of those housing projects built. It'll also make housing faster um, because right now we've got process where we have developers spending time negotiating with staff how many parking spaces they are putting in um, instead of you know, letting them determine that. Um, and that's just like community amenity contribution negotiations. Every additional process adds time to getting that housing built. Do you worry between the city's um, desire to build more housing and the province's new housing legislation that both levels of government get ahead of the public or to the point where in the public kind of says, wait a minute here, this is going to change neighborhoods, whether it be secondary suites or laneway homes everywhere in this province, whether it be parking minimums, whether it be greater uh, density in and around or 800 meters around a transit uh, spot, which is quite a large area. Um, do you worry that you're getting ahead of the public where you may see established neighborhoods and individuals just pushing back going, wait a minute here, I didn't buy into all of this, I don't buy into all of this, you're changing things way too fast. Do you worry about pushback from the public? Well, uh, we haven't been accused recently of delivering housing too fast at City Hall. <laughs> we're trying to actually speed up our processes. Um, but I actually think that the city and the province are behind the public. Um, and I think that I hear resounding support when we're bringing these changes forward. People want the housing built. They want more diverse housing types. Um, and they want it in neighborhoods across the city. So I actually think that we are catching up. Sarah, as always, thank you for your time. Anytime.